Okay, this is the Coast to Coast Combat Hour, take two. Uh, Ed Carberhall, uh, as always, here without Matthew Hawkins. This week, uh, filling in for Matt Hawkins is Michael Shepard, the other half of the Last Round podcast. Uh, this podcast is brought to you by AllAccessMMA.com. Please visit AllAccessMMA.com for your MMA fight news. All right, Mike, thank you for your patience, sir. <laughs> Welcome back uh, to uh, round two of, uh, <laughs> hopefully this is the last round of this fucking recording. All right. <laughs> uh, <laughs> anyway, so we were talking, um, uh, if, for folks that don't know, Mike uh, is the other half of uh, the Danny Zaldivar that comes on the podcast and the, updates us on boxing. So we were talking uh, boxing updates and, and how boxing has been moving forward with uh, top rank match room and uh, showtime getting started and fight bubbles and things like that so um if you, if you don't mind uh just kind of doing a quick uh, footnote of where, where we had left off before i decided to screw up the cables here <laughs> uh, so what, as we were saying you know top rank kind of came back first decided it would be the best idea to kind of base himself in one area so they chose uh, the mgm in uh, las vegas Obviously, you know they have the they can have the fights downstairs. Everybody can uh, stay in the hotel and uh, you know keep themselves safe in the bubble, as everywhere seems to call it. You know, Frank Warren also came back. He had a couple of Friday night shows. Matchroom came back last week with the uh, Matchroom Square Gardens events that they've been doing in uh, Eddie Hearn's uh, home. You know, the biggest stately home that he has there. Uh, they're going to do four shows this month. Showtime just came back. They decided to do the similar thing that they'd be uh, based themselves in the Mohegan Sun in Connecticut. Uh, you know, they just announced a huge, I think, 16 fights on uh, Fox and I think six or eight fights on Showtime. Mm. So, you know, they've got a lot of uh, fights coming up. But um, I think, as I said the first time, you know, a lot of the boxing has been very domestic level fights, you know, English against English, um, Americans against, you know, kind of. A side, B side, because of uh, the lack of money generated due to no fans, um, it's kind of made it hard to really be able to afford the big fights. So, you know, boxing's back, but to a certain extent, you know, the, the I would have said that really the UFC's come back and you know some of the, first, the great fights they've put on. You know, the Till fight um, and obviously the, the uh, Gaethje fight early on. Yeah, so, you know they've come back at a really a different level to boxing. I would have said. Yeah, I mean, well, I mean, it it helps that they they jumped in first. I know Dana White was making it a point to be first, and and it looks like it's paying off for them. I saw a report earlier today that it, that uh, Disney was re re reporting uh, a huge number of subscribers for all their uh, you know the ESPN Plus, Disney Plus, and the Hulu package. I know that combination probably has a lot to do with it, but. From what I saw in the report, they they said that the UFC was a big driver uh, because people did want to see live sports. I mean, you know, outside of cornhole and everything else that's going on. Um, but uh, Top Rank is in that in that uh, ESPN Plus subscription bubble. So I know we were talking about uh, before my dumbass uh, screwed up the first recording attempt that we were doing here. The uh, uh, you mentioned how it's been like very domestic, and one thing Matt and I have talked about in previous episodes of the podcast how we've seen like uh, guys that were on the come up kind of get their uh, uh, 
a platform to make a name for themselves. Um, I know Justin Gaethje. For me, Justin Gaethje doesn't fit in that bubble because I've been following him since his World Series of Fighting days. But um, uh, we were talking before the the recording got messed up. Comes out Chimaev, obviously some not, not someone folks heard of. But while the UFC was in Abu Dhabi, they brought him in and he fought twice in in their short time there. Um, so are you seeing that happen in boxing? Like like a lot of uh, regional or up and coming boxers getting a uh, sped through to the up up the ranks to get their names out there. Yeah, you know, uh, uh, any of the fighters who uh, you know stayed ready, they didn't they didn't take time off. So any of those guys can kind of jump on because Joshua Franco, for example, you know, uh, someone tested positive for the coronavirus for a world title fight. He managed to step in on about a week's notice. Um, ended up headlining the event, won the world title, and it was live on ESPN. You know, mm, nice. So for just staying ready and being a local fighter, he managed to, you know, he's really win-win. Now he's a world champion. He's 23, 24 years old, and he's headlined an ESPN, which is, you know, I'm sure many fighters' dreams. Yeah, man, and, and that's great to see. I mean, when you when uh, a lot of folks, you know, when casual fans that get into combat sports, whether it be boxing or MMA, you know, they're, they're, they, they jump in on someone when they're already at their high point. So they don't know about the come up, and uh, when uh, it's crazy that I uh, there's I do want to write something on it. I just don't know how to because we're still in the we're still in this uh, pandemic period. But there's like weird opportunity in the time of Corona. <laughs> you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like like uh, the the boxers you just mentioned comes out. Chimaev is a, is a perfect example. Justin Gaethje's interim title fight win is is a, is another example like you know people weren't even thinking about him uh uh fighting Khabib and now that's going to happen September October so it it's just crazy how uh how even with everything as bad as it is um i mean it's like it's almost a testament to uh to uh pushing forward when uh, people are telling you not to you know it's either stay you know be scared and afraid and don't do anything or try something and and see where success can be made, and it's just I just think it's uh it's almost poetic that combat sports is is the one that's doing it. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's it's just good because you have to take that risk, um, especially when you're working for someone like Dana White. I assume if you keep saying no, eventually there's going to be no offers. So mm-hmm. really, you just have to bank on yourself. You know, to get through this through this period, and then hopefully, you know, bigger paydays will come down the line because it's it's a solo sport; it's not a team sport where you know you can have other people carry you through. You're in there by yourself. So let me ask you something: as as a boxing person, you know, a lot of fans like like when I was uh, uh, I, on your podcast, I know I talked about how I used to I, I used to follow boxing, uh, you know, before MMA kind of started taking my attention the way that it does. Now, um, I've always been a combat sports fan. I mean, being Mexican, my father boxed, you know, uh, so boxing, uh, boxing is the original combat sport before rules sets changed and the definition of fighting change and things like that. Um, but, uh, for boxing, when you look at it in this day and age, you have top rank, you have match room showtime, like, like, is, is there a, you know, how like UFC is the front runner for, for MMA, like in mm-hmm. the, the premier U.S. organization, or um, I mean, some would say globally. You know, depending on whose numbers you're looking at, because I know one championships uh, 
uh, uh, tries to counter a lot of numbers. Everyone's got their own numbers to make themselves look good. So uh, from your opinion, uh, what would you say is the is uh, who gives boxing fans the best boxing? See that that's a Twitter debate that comes up, you know, quite a, quite a lot of the time. Um, I don't know. I mean, you've got you've got the main ones. You've got Matchroom. Obviously, they do fights in the UK and the US, so you know they have, you know, big reach. A lot of a lot of different events going on. Probably one every weekend. Um, but I think because of the fact that the boxers are spread throughout, that normally it takes two promotions to make those big fights, you yeah. know, Matchroom has Anthony Joshua, but you know, his opponents, are Deontay Wilder's at PBC, Tyson Fury's over there at top rank and Frank Warren. So it's, it's kind of hard to say, you know, in the certain divisions, like the PBC has the majority of the welterweight division. Top rank has some really good up and coming prospects in like Teofimo Lopez, experienced guys like, you know, Vasil Lomachenko. Uh, so there isn't really one that kind of stands out. You know, Eddie Hearn is probably prominent because he does a hell of a lot of media. He talks yeah. really, he talks really, really well. Whereas Al Heyman at PBC, he pays really well, has you know the welterweight division pretty much on lockdown, but does zero media. You know, you don't even really see him at ringside at events. So um, yeah, I'm going to sit on the fence. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, it, it's it is a hard answer to. I mean, I know I asked the question, but. I mean, when you look at how boxing and, and how how, how uh, fights are made, especially the big fights, like you said, you know, it, it's um, there's something uh, because it's and because obviously the MMA fights aren't made the same way boxing uh, bouts are booked because uh, there's more negotiations and stuff that go on that MMA fighters can't do. So the answer is hard because like when you have all these people involved, you know, you, you look at it, it's it's hard to say because they co-promote a lot or, you know, there's, there's, there's a bunch of names on things. I know um, you mentioned PBC, Anthony Joshua and Tyson Fury and Eddie Hearn. Uh, I know earlier in the year was talking about how that, that might, they've worked something out to get them uh, Anthony Joshua and Tyson Fury in the ring. I haven't heard any updates on that. So, I mean, if, if, um, if that's changed, has that changed at all? Is there any changes to that or, or is it on pause because of uh, COVID? They they have they both have fights they have to take uh, you know before that fight. You know Anthony Joshua's got to fight uh, Kubat Pulev I believe in December. Mm-hmm. It's looking like Tyson Fury is going to have to have the third fight with Deontay Wilder. But Wilder's kind of been you know away from social media and people are kind of wondering whether he's uh, he's got a bad injury because you haven't really heard much from him. Mm. But that's a fight that he ha- he has to take. And then there's also. Uh, a mandatory that Tyson Fury may have to take against Dylan White because he's been waiting for about three years for a title shot. So mm. um, there are a few things that need to fall into place for that that to happen. And obviously that's the sort of event where you're going to need crowd because you're looking at probably somewhere in the region of 10 to 15 million in gate money for that sort of uh, so that's that sort of fight unless they take it out to uh, Dubai or Saudi Arabia and just get you know, a hundred million given to him by a shake out there. So <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean that. I think that's why the the UFC likes outside of it being beautiful and and you know they they had a as far as COVID cases are concerned, they did all right out there when they had their uh, month uh, their month of uh, fights in Abu Dhabi. Um, you know, and then they then they come back to Vegas and their thirteen fight card went down to like an eight fight card last week. Um, but uh. 
I think I saw that only happen on a. I mean, the top rank ones that were sh- that were showing. I know that there was that one main event that got changed to the co-main event. I forget who it was. Jamal Herring. Yeah, yeah, that was uh, that was like a like a maybe a early July, right? He he's, he's actually got called off twice. Oh, uh, wow. he, he tested positive, went away, tested negative, came back to to the rearranged fight, tested positive again, and then took a test the next day, and that came back negative. So I think the reliability of the tests is kind of uh, oh, a, little yeah. bit, a little bit fickle, it seems. so. Yeah, it seems like that everywhere. I mean, yeah. with all the stuff you see in the news and depending on what you read, um, that I mean, that that's uh, one of the earlier top – I think that was a top-ranked card when that happened with Michaela Mayer, right? Yeah, that's correct. Yeah, yeah, because I I know she uh she had to have the the her match postponed, and she went and got her own test immediately. And was putting it all over social media, and was saying just kind of saying like these things aren't really reliable because I'm fine. So I I don't know. I mean, uh, still, but the numbers. I mean, the 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 bubble idea seems to work though, because uh, it doesn't look like it's happening that much. And I mean, who do you, you had the the ones you mentioned for boxing. The ones we know about in MMA. Um, it's funny. I don't think anything. I forget. They lost so many fights last weekend in the UFC. Bellator on their first Bellator 242. They only lost the one, the Steve Mowry bout. He, he tested positive. And um, so far this week, it looks like they're all right. I know fighters are arri- arriving at Mohegan Sun for Bellator 243. Um, but uh, which they're using the same bubble. We were talking about that before when we first tried to record this. Uh, Showtime and Bellator are both under the Viacom CBS banner. So Showtime Boxing and Bellator are flip-flopping the Mohegan Sun Arena as their bubble. Um, I mean, uh, do you think, as far as buzz for who's watching what, because I know Dana White was knocking uh, top rank, uh, their their ratings numbers on ESPN, uh, who which boxing platform do you think is being watched more? Like, is there a lot of buzz behind Showtime's return with uh, with all the bouts they announced? They seem to uh, always attract decent sort of numbers, especially, you know, when they go to Fox, because Fox is just available in so many homes. You know, Showtime's obviously behind a little bit of a paywall because you have to pay a little bit extra to get the, the Showtime stuff. Um, I would probably say Showtime eventually will probably come out on top, you know, because the top rank events are, also, you know, some of those are on the plus, which is also, you know, like $5 a month. Uh, the, the matchroom shows were on the zone, which is also behind a paywall. So I would have just thought that the Fox shows will ed- probably end up with the best numbers. But I don't think we're going to see, you know, decent sort of numbers until we get back to the point where we've, we're getting, you know, higher level fights. When mm. you get in those, you know, those household names, um, the UFC doing good numbers because they're putting on good shows. You know, they're putting on really yeah. stacked shows because, you know, they can just kind of make fighters fight because they're all, all under one banner. So Yeah. Yeah, but they, I mean, they are pulling guys out of, uh, like, like they had John Castaneda open up uh, one of the cards. I think it was one of the Abu Dhabi cards. He was like the first fight on the last one. And he was on, uh, actually, it's funny, it's going to start in a few minutes. Dana White's Contender Series. Uh, he fought on there. He fought in Combat de Americas. He fought on there, and they didn't sign him because he lost his belt, but he still got a call, which goes back to the opportunities that, that are lying you know, with the time that's happening and everything that's happening right now. Um, but um, do you think, uh, do you think uh, it, 
like how hard how hardcore do you have to be to consider a boxing card stacked uh to draw in some real numbers i mean like like obviously you guys like you and danny and and the, the folks i wrote i wrote with over at front proof media like most if there's boxing on you're going to watch it anyway right but uh you know like like how how many uh well what how do you how do you draw in a how do you draw in as much as people hate casuals like how do you draw those in because those are the numbers that drive numbers up and and you know obviously added revenue and everything comes up like what what's this what's a stack card for boxing that what do you think is a what do you think needs to happen to to do you think everybody kind of needs to make it easier to work together sometimes i think it's you know just putting together you know different promotions because obviously if you get like a lot of the top rank you know welterweights for example like terence crawford the top rank mm -hmm. welterweight one of the best in the world can't get an opponent because all the guys that he wants to fight are over at the pbc mm. you know they just have that little phrase of you know terence crawford's on the wrong side of the street because everyone he wants to fight is on the other side but they just keep fighting each other and fighting each other and leaving terence crawford on the outside and then kind of to answer that second part of that question is uh I think, it, you know, for those, you know, casual fans, as they call them, or, you know, the, the guys that really everyone wants to attract because those are the guys that tune in just for the big fights. You need to have, you know, fighters on the card like a, a Ryan Garcia, which people know at home because of all of his social media posts, a Triple G because, you know, he just goes around knocking guys out. You know, the people that promotions, you know, push p people that are always on there they, you know for the, the little clips like anthony joshua the tyson furies you know people that talk well um like conor mcgregor for example you know like he always gets that promotional push and then when he does the press conferences you know he just lights the room up and whoever whoever he fights you know it's it's, it's a main event you know it's a it's a it's a spectacle in itself a conor mcgregor yeah. fight weekend it's completely different to any other fight weekend. You know, I've been to a few McGregor fights, the Diaz two fight. I was there for that. You know, it's it's just completely different. It's a different buzz. Yeah, yeah. I mean, some people just have the gift and some don't. But um, I mean, because it's weird. Because like, what do you think? Like, there's folks that argue that maybe uh the box some boxing. I mean, I I know the box. Not every boxing bout is a twelve rounder. You know, you've got eight rounds. You got ten round stuff going on. <clears throat> but like, what do you think? The drive behind that is is that is that an experience thing or is it because they 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 want to move the card along like like do you think they should shorten uh matches because like the the wilder fury the last one i mean i i thought that was exciting from the beginning to well i mean it it, it, it you know both of them even the one that went to distance like i just thought they were more they were exciting from beginning to end so i mean uh what do you think is it is it go back to styles make fights or what's your opinion uh, the bout length kind of really goes hand in hand with experience. You know, when a guy first comes out of the amateurs or just first turns pro, he'll do four, three minute rounds. Eventually, he'll go up to six, up to eight, up to 10. And then obviously, you know, once he reaches 12, he really will ever come back down to anything less than 12. Um, I think the problem, the problem you have in boxing is that everybody kind of wants to make as much money as they can taking mm -hmm. the easy fights before they take a, a big fight because the money drops so much. You know, if he's there making a hundred thousand a fight and then eventually he loses and gets a loss on his record, he may come back to make 16,000, 20,000 a fight, which, you know, after taxes, he's only looking at half of that. 
and he may only fight, you know, one, two, three times a year. So that, that's the problem you have to look at. Is sometimes you, you look at it with your, your fan hat on and then you take that off and you have to look at it with your business hat on. You know, like if you were managing this guy or if you were, if you actually, if you actually were this guy, you know, like, are you going to take a harder fight for a little bit more money or are you going to take a, a fight, which is easy? You may knock him out. You may look good. Yeah. And you're, you're guaranteed another fight at another good pay. Whereas if you take the fight that the fans want and it's a bigger and it's a harder fight and it's a 50-50 fight, you may lose, you know, good 60% of your purse in the next fight because, you know, you know, you've now got that loss in your record because, like everyone says, losses in boxing is completely different to a loss in MMA. If you've got a few losses in MMA that people just look at like, oh, he's, he, you know, he's had a, yeah. you know, a, a, a good career because he's fought hard fighters. I don't know whether it's that Mayweather effect because he always used to go on about that. Oh, and you drive into Vegas and it has 51 and oh, just yeah. as you get, get into Vegas, you know, he's still, still showing that record off. So, uh, it's, it needs to get to a point where maybe the boxing fans look at things a little bit more in the MMA style and realize that, you know, he's got a loss, but that loss was to, you know, one of the greatest of all time, you know, one of the greatest in, in that division and it shouldn't affect his, his pay as greatly as it does. But I'm sure promoters like that though, you know, so they, they don't have to pay the guys much. So, yeah, I mean, uh, on one side, it's probably a, a bargaining chip for promoters, but like you said, it, w it would be nice if, if sports fans in general could be more objective. I mean, you know, you, it's always a, uh, you always see that meme online of like the, you know, the heavy set dude talking about, Oh, his cardio sucks. And you know, it's a, it's a meme of like a fat dude eating cookies and stuff. And, and it's sad because that's, you know, that is kind of true. Those people are out there. We're, so we're, all, we're all guilty of it at times, though. You know, I'll find myself saying stuff to the TV, and I sit there and I think, I couldn't do that. Yeah. <laughs> you do get drawn into it, you know, to a certain extent. Yeah, I, I'll say when I was younger, uh, I, I was guilty of it. But uh, as I, I mean, uh, you know, I, I do train myself and stuff. I mean, I'm, I'm a hobbyist. Even with the fighters that we've had on this podcast and that I've interviewed, uh, you know, when I talk to them about it, I'm just like, you know, like they'll, they'll they'll say oh you know they they they're like oh you got I didn't know you got a black belt so you understand and I'm like yeah but not not really I don't understand at your level because you guys are different animals you know what I mean like yeah. like so even even though I do have a black belt and some I, I might outrank some of the fighters I've interviewed they're still different it's just a different breed of human their mindset is different so uh, as a hobbyist I I I make my best effort to understand them so I I think that's uh that's something that folks just need to kind of like. You know, even if you you don't plan on sticking with it, just go feel that pressure for a little bit. You know what I mean? Like, do three rounds of boxing and 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 feel that that exhaustion of trying to do trying to keep up output for for three rounds and see and see if you can you can throw attack as much as you're yelling when you're watching it at home. Yeah. But uh, that's just my opinion. I know not everyone thinks that way or whatever. But yeah, like you said, it it, it it's uh you know we all have a uh, half hats. I say there's a the objective and then there's the, the fan hat. And uh, you know, some sometimes one weighs more than the other. Speaking of it, that uh, being a fan and stuff, how did you? Uh, can you just talk about how you and and Dan? I mean, we've never asked Danny, so like, how did you guys come start off with your podcast the last round? Like, what 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 was the spark? I mean, did you and Danny like bump into each other and have the same boxing T-shirt on or something? Or how did that happen? So uh, I actually met Danny at uh, Fantasy Springs casino in indio we went to a golden boy event and you know i was just kind of sat near him and uh just kind of started talking 
And then he used to do a radio show. Um, I can't remember the name of it now. Southern, uh, Southern California. Yeah, I remember that. It was on NBC, NBC Sports for a little bit. Yes, the Southern California Boxing Show or something like that. It's something similar to that. Yeah. And then I used to do a podcast with uh, somebody else. And then it got to the point where I, I was kind of, you know, hoping to push things with the podcast and, you know, get like, you know, bigger bigger interviews and stuff like that. And then uh, I saw that Danny's, you know, show would, uh, had stopped, I think, financially. They couldn't afford to do it anymore, so they, they stopped doing it. And then I saw him at a local show, a Thompson's Boxing Show, and I just kind of, you know, said to him, I was like, hey, you fancy doing a podcast together? And then we just went from there. We kind of had the idea. And then for a few months, we decided that, you know, when we were going to hit the scene, we wanted to get, you know, a good intro, a good outro, uh, you know, the make sure we had a good logo created and everything. So, you know, kind of a great logo. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, cause obviously you want like the old saying, you want to get one first impression. So yeah. I wanted to make sure when people first saw is that like everything was kind of legit, you know, and people thought it was, uh, you know, more than just two, two guys just doing it. So we did it. We, uh, it was the weekend of, uh, Canelo triple G. The first one was the, sh when the show first went out, we just thought that would be a good weekend to kind of start it. And then, you know, it's kind of just grown and evolved from there, really. You know, just yeah. Ho hopefully we've got better with experience. Uh, you know, luckily to, we you know, put the work in and uh, get some good guests on. You know, everyone from Eddie Hearn to Andy Ruiz, Sergio Martinez, you know, Maravilla. We've had him on. Um, everybody, you know, Tom Loeffler, Mikey Garcia. Yeah, so many that I forget that really, to be honest with you. Yeah, no, you guys have uh, you guys have been killing it, and I, I it's a it's the only boxing bo podcast that I listen to. And I know we were talking about it before we started recording. Um, I usually listen to podcasts when I drive, so I'm behind on my podcast. So I'm like around June uh, where I'm caught up to now. But um, I mean, you guys, like you said, you've had Eddie Hearn on a few times, like a couple times. Um, you've had uh, 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 Andy Foster, CSAC executive director, Andy Foster on. Who works a lot with the ufc and i mean his name pops up a lot in mma news mm -hmm. so I, I think i've used your i've actually used your podcast as a citation for a couple of articles when i've written about uh uh his thoughts on things over at uh, mmanews.com so um you guys are definitely putting in the work so for folks listening to this podcast if you're into boxing and you want some really objective open uh audio content uh for boxing the last round is definitely where it's at. Um, it's funny when you talk about how you started with uh, with Danny. Um, I've mentioned it when Danny's been on this podcast before, but I don't know if I, I know I, I probably mentioned it to you in private, but uh, you know, the original concept of Coast to Coast Combat Hour was uh, with with Danny and I way back when we met each other. Back when we wrote at a, we used to contribute when we created a, we wrote a lot of uh, combat sports content at a at a site that is no longer with us <laughs> so but uh he and i kept in touch and uh you know our work schedules and, and the different coasts made it hard to uh to keep a you know a, a committed schedule so i'm glad that you guys are able to keep something committed and and uh i mean you're the socials on point they got the little you guys got that little audio wave thing uh <laughs> on, on your post so you get, get to sample some of some of it um i don't i don't get to do enough of that because of all, all my other uh all my other duties at the websites that i contribute to so i i'd like to market this podcast a little more like that but we have a decent following too but 
I mean, it just goes to show you, man, if you're committed, you know, discipline, uh, martial arts, uh, discipline, it doesn't have to be in fighting as long as you stay committed and keep going. Uh, growth, growth happens and you guys have definitely grown. Um, is there, is there any like dream guest that you would like to have? Like, uh, like when, when do you, uh, like who would you like to have as a guest from the boxing world? I mean, you've had some pretty big ones already, but is there one that get that you're like, I can't get them not yet. Like, because you're not big enough or that's a great question. Um, I'm trying to think because obviously there's some boxers, you know, I love Roberto Duran, but Mm. He, doesn't, he doesn't speak English, so for me, for me, that wouldn't be a a great interview. Um, you know, an in depth interview. You know, with like Mike Tyson, um, Roy Jones Jr. was someone else I really enjoyed watching coming up. Um, Prince Nazim. Uh, they're not all very good interviews I've heard from people. Um, <laughs> but, you know, if you got them on the right day at the right time, and to really get you know like an in depth interview of you know, their their career from from the beginning. I think would be really interesting. I'd also love to do um, one on uh, Emmanuel Augustus. Mm-hmm. You know, he's a uh, you know the drunken master, as they used to call him. He, you know, he had a crazy career just from start to finish. So, you know, someone like him would be great to interview. Uh, Mickey Ward, I'd like to do Mickey Ward as well. So, uh, you know, there, there's a handful of different ones for different reasons. Hey, there's a chance you could get the uh, Mike Tyson, Roy Jones Jr. Obviously, because they're they're uh, matched up for September 12th out in your neck of the woods. So yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> we do, we do get, you know, like a lot of PR companies reaching out and offering, offering us uh, different fighters. So, you know, fingers crossed, uh, you know, I jump at the chance, like I said, to interview both of them, even for, you know, five, 10 minutes. Yeah. I mean, uh, I would reach out the league of league. Uh, what is it called? League of league of legends is the is, uh, league of legends. I believe. Yeah. Yeah. Or legends only league. I'm sorry. It's legends only league. Um, yeah, they have a website, man. Definitely check them out because I reached out to them and they replied. So I'm hoping to get something soon. I mean, those two names right there, Mike Tyson, and Roy Jones Jr. We were at, if man, and I have talked boxing since Danny was last on, we obviously talked about that. Cause that's one, I mean, I know it's, uh, you know, they're up there in age and stuff like that, but, but like Matt and I were both went on record, like, yeah, we don't agree with it. Maybe they shouldn't be doing it, but we still kind of want to watch it. So. Uh, what, what's your take on that matchup? I kind of agree. You know, both of them are fighters I really enjoyed watching coming up. Um, do, do, would you want to watch two 50-year-old people fight in the street? Not really. Yeah. You know, I know they have the name recognition, and I'm, I just don't understand it. How, how does an exhibition fight? It, it doesn't go. Like, you can't have an exhibition fight. It's either a fight or it's not a fight. I understand, you know, it's going to be a little bit of sparring and stuff like that, and... You know, it's be interesting to watch, but is it going to be one of those things where you, for example, remember when Tito fought Chuck at the Golden Boy show and Tito mm-hmm. got in there and it was just like watching an old yeah, that was beat, rough. Beat, beaten body. You know, Tito just went in there and destroyed him. And you're going to get two of Chuck Gels fighting each other. You know, <laughs> yeah. it, it, they're, not, they're not going to be able to roll back the years. It's, if anything, it may be you sat there and you're just looking at the ring thinking to yourself like, Oh my God, like these guys used to be the best in the world. You know, it's, they're both in decent shape. I take that. And you know, those short 22nd, 32nd clips of Tyson on the pads, you know, you can, you can maybe able to do it for 30 seconds, but you know, it's not the Tyson of old and you know, some things are better left, uh, you know, left back in the day instead of coming back in and I mean, cause they're both going to regret it. You know, eventually yeah. when, 
people are watching it and it's nowhere near like they were in the prime, but it's payday, I guess. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's funny you mentioned that about the thirty seconds on the pads. I mean, I, that's what uh, that was my take when I when I when I we brought it up a couple episodes ago. You know, you you look, you, everyone looks good in the gym in the training room when you're practicing something. You know, but once it once it's it's against a live opponent, and um, you know, Roy Jones, even though they're they're both retired now, Roy Jones still has competed more recently than Mike Tyson has. <clears throat> um, was actually on UFC Fight Pass. His last, uh, his last bout in 2018, I believe. But, um, uh, I mean, if you were <clears throat> to take a, do an analysis of it, how do you? What's your? Uh, you have a pick for that match, or if you're going back to uh, to the to the styles back in the day, <laughs> obviously it's one of those fights where you know Mike Tyson's going to have to get up on the inside like he always did because he was you know a shorter. Uh, Shots a heavyweight and just kind of his style. And, you know, Roy Jones is just going to be fleet of foot, keep him on the end of the jab, not let Tyson come in and, you know, come in with those huge hooks and those huge uppercuts that he's, that he's so good at doing. You know, Tyson back in the day was, you know, excellent at just, you know, combination punching, you know, just the way that, he, you know, he rocks his body from side to side, you know, set up those hooks from different angles just because, you know, his rotation of his body was so good and he was so powerful, so explosive, but, you know, he's not going to have that at 53, 54 yeah. years old. Um, but I think, you know, listening to Andy Foster and some of the stuff that have gone through, it looks like that it's going to be, I think, 12-ounce gloves. So, you know, bigger gloves, um, no head guards. Then I think if, you know, if anyone starts to bleed or starts to, you know, get wobbled, I believe that referee Ray Corona, a local referee from here, who I believe has got the fight, is um, just going to stop it because of, you know... Uh, yeah, California don't want to be in there, you know, with the death, <laughs> the, the death of Mike yeah. Tyson or the death of Roy Jones Jr. because uh, they've let fifty, fifty-year-old uh, ex-professionals fight. So, do you think? Uh, I mean, is I, I always have to play devil's advocate when you look at stuff, you know, approaching like that. Do you think uh, something happens where they don't get cleared medically and and it just gets the, the rug pulled from under it? Uh, probably not, because unfortunately. Money makes the world go round, and I'm sure there's going to be a lot of money in that. That if anything did come up, unless it was very, very, very serious, that I'm sure you know they'll, they would get cleared uh, somehow, some way. Um, mm -hmm. And it's just it's just interesting to see whether you know are, are they just because is it is it for charity? I, I believe there's a portion of it is going to go to charity, and yeah. the rest is probably just going to be pocketed by Roy Jones and um, Mike Tyson. Um, but then who's who's going to follow? Because obviously they've made this promotion and it looks like we're going to get regular, you know, uh, Van der Holyfield, yeah. James, James Tony may come back, um, crossover well, fights as well, it looks like. so. I know the uh, Legends Only League is, is supposed to be not targeted for combat sports, though. The uh, they, they do have a YouTube channel and on their website. And, and uh, so there's the, I haven't checked it out since, but, since the announcement, but... There's two videos. There's the one promoting that event, that that matchup, and then just promoting the the uh, the company itself. And it, it looks like they're just it, it's supposed to be a place for athletes that have retired but still think they got one left in them for something. So, I mean, I don't know if it's going to be like you know like maybe uh, retired basketball players playing against some each other or something. But it looks like that the whole thing is just to kind of give these guys another opportunity to do something and and it's going to be you know it usually will be for charity or something like that so uh i don't know man i just feel like uh 
I feel like, you know, it, it's kind of cool to see that because, uh, as you and I both know, especially in combat sports, when guys say they retire, we usually see them again, you know, not long after that, um, you know, until until they're really retired. So I don't know. I mean, maybe we'll see. Maybe we'll see uh, something more uh, from there outside of combat sports. But uh, in that sense, I kind of hope it's successful. But I, I might be catch a little heat for that, too. So I don't know. Are you against? Uh, are you an ageist? Are you an anti uh, old person? <laughs> I don't mind, you know, with the coming back and they're doing, you know, like three on three basketball, like no one's going to get, you know, terribly, yeah. terribly hurt. It's, um, it's, you know, when you see the frail aged body of, you know, fighters stepping back into the ring because, you know, they just need the money. It's not a, it's not a, it's not a pleasant sight when you can remember them in their prime yeah. and not the knocking falls out and, you know, just making other guys look silly, but yet they, you know, haven't been clever with the money, and then they're stepping back through the ropes, and you know, like when you know Roy Jones Jr. was, you know, knocked out a couple of times in like Russia and places like that. You know, he was one of my favorites growing up. It's, you know, it's not a nice sight to see. Um, Chuck Liddell, like I touched on before, same thing for him. You know, that was that wasn't a pleasant sight to see when you know he was one of the guys I watched when you know UFC first kind of you know, exploded onto the scene, you know, with him and Tito taking over. So in other sports, yeah, completely, you know, come back and compete, but sports where you can get, you know, hurt when you're young and then, you know, 20, 30 years later, you, you know, there's even bigger chance of, you know, something terrible happening to you. So, yeah. Yeah. So it's, I mean, we'll see what happens, I guess. I mean, it's a weird time to try to uh, start something new. That's for sure. With the, uh, the COVID-19 situation, but, uh, I mean, uh, we're, we're coming close to the end of the time here. So <clears throat> I know for MMA, uh, most of the followers of this podcast know that, uh, you know, we got, uh, this weekend coming up is, uh, Bellator 243. It's another UFC on ESPN plus, um, what, what's coming up for boxing, uh, this weekend. Um, another Eddie Hearn card this weekend, uh, Terry Harper, and Natasha Jonas, uh, two British female fighters fighting for the first time for the WBC female title. First time two British fighters have ever done that, female fighters. Um, they're on that card. They have a few more domestic uh, fighters on there. Chris Bellum smith is on that card. Hopey Price is on that card. Some really good up-and-coming fighters for uh, people that follow the British scene. Mm. Um, so it's not, not too bad a card. Same sort of thing, you know. It's not up there with the UFC, but you know, domestic level fighters and for people that just need to get their their fix of people getting punched in the face, <laughs> uh, it, you know, it'll fulfill that. Cool. So, uh, uh, what what's what what do you guys have coming up as far as uh, your podcast? Uh, let folks know where they can hear you when you guys usually put out new episodes and things like that. Social handles. Uh, social hunters uh, for Twitter and, and Instagram is at the last round twelve, and then you know we release it every Monday, um, and then we also sometimes will release a bonus podcast. You know, if we get offered a uh, you know a fighter to interview during the week, or if you know we're just off work and we have some free time, we will throw in a few bonus episodes, and then when the world gets back to normal, you know, something different that I think that me and Danny do is you know when we're at events, we'll take our equipment and you know we'll sit ringside and. You know, we'll jump on guests when they're there and release podcasts, you know, live at the event, which, um, you know, I think sets us apart from everybody else. You don't really get too many podcasts that do that. So, yeah, it's, I mean, it's kind of hard to do. I mean, especially, uh, 
I know when I cover MMA at events, I mean, they're usually wrangling us somewhere. So it's kind of hard. I, I've seen folks try to do it and uh, had not have success, but I like the idea. Maybe, maybe I can make, maybe I can be the successful one with it, but uh, we'll see. Um, all right. Well, thank you so much, Michael folks that follow this podcast. You can follow us at, at combat hour on Twitter. Uh, I forget the Instagram one cause I don't screw around on Instagram cause I'm an old man. <laughs> and, uh, we're on Anchor uh, for the audio at Spotify. Um, just search Coach the no- Coast, the number two Coast Combat Hour. And uh, also, you can always find the video version over at allaccessmma.com. Once again, uh, Michael, thank you so much. Uh, I appreciate you coming on, filling in for Matt Hawkins. Uh, hopefully, uh, he listens to this while he's out in Idaho picking potatoes or whatever the hell he's doing. <laughs> no worries there. Thanks for inviting me. And you know, anytime you need someone to come in and talk about boxing, I'll be available. Appreciate it, man. The invite is open as always for you and, and Danny. So thank you. Appreciate it. Thank you. Take care. All right. Hey guys, Ed here, East Coast side of the Coast to Coast Combat Hour podcast. If you like what we're doing, make sure you subscribe on YouTube and anywhere you listen to podcasts. Also, if you'd like to help us out and donate, uh, the support links are in any of the uh, podcast descriptions. And in some, the links are also provided on our YouTube channel, The Blogboard Jungle. Um, thanks again for listening. And if you give us some support, we'll give you a shout on the podcast. Maybe uh, bring you on for a UFC pay-per-view breakdown or two. Thanks again.